Adam put the mustache back. It's a different mustache. This one's called the podcaster. <laughs> oh, but it disappears when you drink the beer and then it comes yes, back it when does. you drink the beer. I'm just going to keep it the whole time. It's very European, that one. It is. It can't even, like, tw- like twirl it because it just disappears. <laughs> uh, it does stay on your finger, though, when you just put the, the finger in I there. Did it? Yeah. yeah see that? You're going under it. Welcome to another edition of the Born in 87 podcast. Adam, for the first time in five years, we are going to watch one of our teams in a playoff game this weekend. Somebody pinch me. I, You know, if you were a member of the Mets and I pinched you, your arm would probably fall off. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just can't stop thinking about the Mets right now. I know we're not doing a Met podcast. It's like, is it half their team on the injured list, Justin? Uh, I mean, half of the actual t- team, but more than half of the starting lineup, more than half of the pit. I think the only reason it's not more than half of the entire team is because the uh, the bullpen is still relatively healthy, relatively, even though relatively. you know Lugo and Hunter are on the. Uh, All right, well, uh, I had to get out of my system. We won't talk anymore. But about yeah, they've promised. Well, put it this way: we're recording this on a uh, Friday night, May twenty first, and uh, the Mets had two regular starters in their lineup tonight: Dom and Lindor. That was it. <sighs> It has to get better. Yet somehow they're still in first place. Uh, I don't somehow. understand it. <laughs> I don't. I don't quite get it either. Cameron Maben's up at bat right now. He was good. He was good for the. Uh, he, he was good for the Yankees a couple years ago. Um, as, as our guest today ago. can assess. But um, we're not here to talk Yankees. We are here to talk Knicks playoff basketball for the first time since 2013. Uh, welcome to the pod, Tom Leninger and Chris Meany. How you doing, guys? Hey, thanks for having us. Good to be back. Are we done with the Mets talk now? or uh... We are. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it was top of mind. I was at a dinner tonight, and then Pete Alonzo going to the aisle just what, like, started coming across my phone like, this is not real. But I'm, Meanie I'm just Meanie, Meanie just like met a uh, Jedi mind trick to you. He's like, oh, we're going to doing it again. Talk. Yeah, and then you just yeah. started talking more. Uh, now you guys know what we lived through in uh, 2019 <laughs> with our Yankees. Just IL stint after IL stint. You guys yeah, still made the playoffs that year, right? Made the very, playoffs. It was a very rough well, season that, for us. That, that, that's a good sign for you guys. If and you put a lot Cameron of guys Maven. on the IL, you'll find some uh, some hidden gems. And we have Cameron Maven. Cameron Maven, he's stud. Still yeah. got some. But we are here to talk about the Knickerbockers. It ha- has it been eight years since they made the playoffs? Yeah, that 2013 year where they won 54 games and got the two seed and lost to Indiana in the second round. That was the last time we saw the Knicks in the playoffs, this, so it has been eight long years. Is this recency bias? Am I the only one who's more excited about this playoff run than those mellow teams? Is it? Am I just like not remembering how excited I was? Then you'd probably remember remember more. Like I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to watch this team. Like I'm losing my here's, mind. Like I'm upset why, that I have to wait till Sunday. So here's why I think it's it's a little different. So. 2013, there were higher expectations than this team because they were the two seed. And I think, you know, I think most people thought that they were going to get to the Eastern Conference Finals that year against Miami. Uh, They end up not getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. They lose in six games to Indiana in round two. But as a team that was the two seed, there were really high expectations. I think the biggest difference, though, is that the Knicks did make the playoffs three years in a row from 2011 to 2013. So while I think the individual expectation in 2013 was higher than here in 2021, in 2013, you didn't have that playoff newness that you have now. Like the Knicks did have first round exits in 2011 and 2012. So at least like we were during, a, we were in the, a, we were in a three-year stretch where they were playing competent basketball and getting to the playoffs every year. This is the first time they've been to the playoffs in eight years, coupled with the fact that they're the four seed and have a legitimate chance to advance to round two. So d- does that all make sense, what I just said? I also never liked Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> like, he seems like a nice guy. He sounds like a great guy to go out for a glass of wine with, but I just, he never really did it for me. And I I am just head over heels, madly in love with Julius Randle. There was a good buildup with that 2013 team. You know, you had the whole... Amari Stoudemire, Camaro Anthony teaming up with that trade, which I think was 20, early 2011 when that trade happened. Then, Appel, of course, you and I were at that epic heat game four. 
2012. 2012. And then I remember that Knicks team was kind of, you know, when Hurricane Sandy happened, they became like the rallying cry for New York City, which yeah. is kind of what I always think about with that team. And Appel, you and I were both living in New York at the time. So we have a lot of mixed memories together. So yeah, to be back good... for the first time in eight years is a, it's a blast. And I'm, you know, again, King Julius. I got I'm drinking King Julius as well. In honor there you go. I'm saving my King Julius. It's, for, been, it's uh, been fun to watch. Enjoy the ride. Saving mine for Sunday night for uh, game one. Uh, quick, before before we start, uh, you know, since we're talking about 2013, though, uh, Tom and Meany, you, you you both, along with Becker, who always, you know, has to always make his... Uh, and he's never listened to a podcast. Ryan Becker. Before, I do. I will say, though, 2013, even though as a whole, we went to a bunch of games that, you know, the three of us, uh, we went to a bunch of games that year and uh, we had a lot of fun. I will say, though, that night in the play, I don't know if I've ever been so disappointed as a Knicks game uh, as it was that night. And the night we're referring to is uh, myself, Meany, Tom and uh, Ryan Becker. The four of us attended uh, game five of that first round series against the Celtics. The Knicks are up 3-1. The Knicks get off to like, they begin the game on like a 15-2 run. It looks like they're going to like run away. It's just going to be like a big party in MSG that night. And then lo and behold, uh, you know, Kevin Garnett and uh, Paul Pierce, the wily old vets, uh, bring them back. And uh, the Celtics ruined the party that night. And, uh, you know, we, we all uh, went home disappointed. Of course, the Knicks made up for it two nights later by winning game six up in Boston. But if you remember in that game six, though, the Celtics had a furious comeback in the fourth do. quarter. And you and I were at that bar by your apartment, not Jack Russell, but some other bar. I think it was um, Brady's. The barbe- no, no, it was the barbecue place. Oh, uh, my God. What was the name of that place? There were like a bunch. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. But there's a bunch yeah. of them throughout this. There used to be a bunch of them in the city. But um, oh, Southern Comfort. No, that doesn't matter. We can we can do we can be here for a long time. We're trying to think <laughs> about places we used to drink in the city. <laughs> yeah, I remember Amon Shumpert was the hero of that game. 2013 game six. He had an unbelievable game six. I remember he had a few huge defense. Uh, I think a few steals on Ron, was it Rondo, I think. Uh really like put that game away and uh got them to the uh the second round against Indiana. And I remember Adam, we were all so confident they were going to beat Indiana. I remember you were the only one that thought uh, Indiana was going to beat them. And you were right. I don't know. For whatever reason, I just was never, I just never believed in those teams. And I was right. Yeah. Roy Herbert, right? Roy yeah. Herbert? Hibbert. Roy Hibbert. Hibbert, Hibbert. Sorry. That's yeah. like 2013. Oh, was the, like everyone thought he was like the future of the NBA. And you needed to right. like have a Roy Hibbert on your team. And then he was making constant cameos on Parks and Rec. Yes. Yep. Right. Yes. Yeah. A bunch. <laughs> Yeah, he works for uh, he was on retainer for Entertainment Seven Twenty. Yeah, and he also shows up in the uh, the Bachelor Party episode when they go yep. to the state. It may have been his last job um, working, <laughs> working for season. Sorry, his character on that show, Andrew Luck too, maybe. And Reggie job. Wayne. If you all remember, Andy Dwyer gets married in a Reggie Wayne jersey. That's right. <laughs> Diehard <laughs> Indiana sports fans on that show. Anyways, uh, enough uh, down memory lane of the last time they were in the playoffs. Uh, Let's talk about some 2021 Knicks playoffs. So we're going to do a playoff preview today. But uh, before we get into a playoff preview, we all wanted to share uh, our favorite memory from this just really improbable 2021 season. A season where Vegas thought they were going to go 22 and 50 uh, and said they far exceeded the under. I took the under as well. So did I. (laughs) And what was their final record? 41 and 31, right? Yeah, they broke 40. Yeah. So, I mean, 10 games. I mean, that's a legit record. That's, you know, I mean, this was no like fluky four. I mean, usually, uh, you know, your four seed is around probably like 47, 48 wins. And that's probably what they would have had if this was a full season. Uh, I mean, this is, this was a very, you know, legitimate and deserving uh, four seed. Um, so uh, does someone want to volunteer to go first to share their uh, favorite memory from uh, this? I'll go first because mine's not going to be the same one as you, you guys. And it's, it's kind of a weird one. Um, yeah. It's that Phoenix game that Chris Paul went crazy in. I know it's a weird favorite memory. That was just like, it felt like a playoff game. It was like the last time I feel like I watched a playoff game since 2013. Like both teams were playing so hard. Um, And what I loved about it is Randall wasn't really shooting well, particularly in the first half. And yet they still fought and they clawed their way back. And they really almost won that game. Um, If it wasn't for Chris Paul going absolutely crazy at the end, they would have. I just, the team showed a lot of heart. I mean, they showed a lot of heart throughout the whole season. But Sorry, you were referring just, to the Phoenix game that ended their nine-game win streak? I don't know. If, yes. yes. Then yes the it, was the, it was the game the that ended game with Chris Phoenix. Paul hitting the right. three shots in a row. 
Yes, um, yes. That was the home game against Phoenix. Yeah, but what was most memorable for me is like, like I said, Randall didn't carry the load, right? Like, I think a lot of people think that Knicks can only win when Randall goes crazy against a good team. And they really, they absolutely could have won that game when Randall wasn't playing. We saw that some other points in um, in April and May where Randall, like, didn't have it, yet the team somehow wins. Like, Rose goes crazy. Randall plays okay. Um, Bullock will have, a, like, they just, they have multiple ways to win now, which makes me feel good about the Atlanta series. But it was, just, it was a fun game. Like, I know they didn't win, but they played really hard and they played the right way. And, you know, it was just the most fun I've had watching a basketball game in a very long time. Good one. Uh, should I go next or, or do you, or do the guests want to go? You can go. All right. So the one I'm going to go with, so my, uh, I'm, I'm kind of considering this a, a two game, uh, memory of the season. Cheating. Uh, what? Cheating. Yeah. It's <laughs> against cheating. the rules. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know what? All right. Fine. So my There's memory 10 games is I liked. So the, <laughs> I will I will give my memory and use the prior game as why I enjoyed this game so much. Fair? That's fair. Okay. Sure. So, for my favorite memory, I'm going to go to Tuesday night, March 23rd, uh against the Washington Wizards. Uh this was a game that the uh Knicks won 131 to 113, and it was a game that wasn't even that close. It was a game where uh, the Knicks beat the ever-loving crap out of uh, the Wizards. Uh, Randall scored 37. He went 7 of 10 from 3. But it wasn't just their domination in this game that uh, was why I I enjoyed it so much. It was that two nights before this was the uh, the Philly game that they lost by one point in overtime. This was the game where Randall hits the three at the buzzer in regulation to send it into OT. And then they have the one point lead with like six seconds left in overtime. And uh, they call that bogus foul on uh they say, you know, they call that bogus foul on Randall. Tobias Harris hits the two free throws and they lose by a point. And I, I just love the fact that after this like tough loss, and this is also a tough stretch because if you remember coming out of the all-star break, they had these uh, these three like straight games where they played Brooklyn and then back to back against Philly. Sorry, there was three out of four. They also had an Orlando game in there, but, and they had these three really close losses where they played Philly close twice and Brooklyn close once they lost all three, but like they were just these really tough losses that showed that they can hang with like the top teams in the league. And then they come out of that stretch and just beat the crap out of uh, a team that was clearly in fear to them. Julius Randle imposed his will. RJ Barrett had a great game in this one too. He he went for over 20 and it was just so much fun that night, like watching them like come out of this and like not being down because they like kept losing these close games to good teams, but like actually like thriving on it and saying like, Hey, we can hang with the best teams. That means when we're playing lesser opponents like the Washington Wizards, we should be able to dominate them. And that's exactly what they did on that Tuesday night at the Garden. So that, that they I'm usually that win one. the games they need to win, which is not always the thing with good teams, right? They take care yeah. of business. But that one was just so much fun because they played in close games all year. Uh, you know, just kind of the way they play with, you know, playing with a slower pace and being defensive minded. So just having a laugher uh, coming off that Philly game and against why and Washington's just such a fun team to root against because Russell Westbrook in general is just so much fun to root against. So for me, that that was um, that was uh, the memory I wanted to go with for this year. Uh, Mini or Tom, which one of you wants to go next? Take it away, Tom. All right. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, a more recent game, Friday, April 9th, uh, against the Grizzlies. It was an overtime win. Knicks won one thirty three to one twenty nine, and it was the beginning of their nine game winning streak. So what really um, stood out to me in this game was a whole a whole bunch of things. Number one, Julius Randle did not have a good game. Okay, he kept he kept his team in it by you know they were double teaming him, and he kept his team in it by distributing the ball. And he eventually finished with a triple double, but the, his first his first half was very unJulius like um, as what we've seen you know this whole year. R.J. Barrett had a good game. He, he finally like hit a big shot in overtime, a big three-pointer. And, you know, the um, the Knicks had to like claw back in that fourth quarter, force overtime, and then take over the game to uh, get the W. So 
you know, it kind of just showed me after, um, you know, the the games that they had before that, the games before that, they lost to the Celtics by two. They lost to the Nets by two. Again, like these tough losses that, you know, when they're faced with adversity, they're going to step up and they're going to do it in different ways. It's not just going to be, you know, Julius Randle, you know, taking over the game and, and you know, posting or, you know, popping threes. He's going to distribute the ball. And, he, and Tibbs is going to adjust the offense in order to, uh, you know, combat what's going on uh, with the other team defensively. So they had had these tough losses and they were, you know, kind of in line for a third straight loss that was going to be pretty rough for the beginning of a big homestand. And they were able to get it together and win a different way. And, you know, we have big contributions from Alec Burks that game. We have big contributions from Reggie Bullock. So obviously Julius is our superstar, but even when he's taken out of the game, we can find ways to win. So that was my uh, best moment of this season. That was a really good one. That was my number two choice. I'm glad you went with one? the other one then. <laughs> <laughs> that was the take of our audience. Yeah. I mean that, that Memphis one, that was, that was a really memorable one. Um, especially because I felt like also the effect of that one. Cause I remember like, as you said, like they were, you know, they had to find another way to win, but they charged back so late. Like I remember our group text that night. Like, like I remember I sort of checked out that night and then all of a sudden I was like, Oh, I got to get to the TV. They're coming back. And same thing here. Overtime. It was very exciting. Yeah. That was a good game. Yeah. And little did we know they were going on a nine game win streak. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of like a catalyst for the end of the season. Yeah. All right. Meaning what, what, which one are you going with? So obviously I think the best one of the season was the game Tom just mentioned, but for, my, for me, because all the other memories are taken, my favorite memory from this season was the game in Dallas on that exact same winning streak Tom just spoke about. So they go into Dallas. They win a game against a pretty good team on paper. I know uh, the Mavericks, we could all agree, probably underachieved this year. I think they didn't hit their over, if I'm not mistaken. They so barely. Yeah, <laughs> barely. You're correct. Decided, that decided our entire wins pool, by the way. But it did. For me, if you look at that game, Julius Randle drops 44 points. RJ Barrett drops 24 points. I mean, Derek Rose, Derek Rose off the bench would drop 15 in 25 minutes. And it was just a, you know, a, a, listen, you look at the schedule, it's like, okay, Mavericks, it's the Knicks probably looking before the season, you know, Mavericks are probably a loss, but they took care of business and they beat the Mavericks. I'm not mistaken twice this year. So, the reason I'm bringing this game up and has for its significance is who plays on the Mavericks now? Chris Stapps, Porzingis. Chris Porzingis. And how many uh, times have we spoken about this, like that trade on this pod? And, you know, when that trade happened, all of us were basically screw the Knicks. We're basically saying, you guys can boot that out. But that's, that was a consensus. The Knicks are just, it's the Knicks being the Knicks. They just traded their star player. This is going to set us back 20 years. So I guess for them to have Julius Randle, who was ironically enough from Dallas, to go in there, they beat KP, they beat the Mavericks with Luka Doncic and everybody else. You know, after that trade, they went in there, took care of business on the road. They extended their win, their win streak. And to me, that was one of the highlights of the season. That was really I'll leave it at I mean, that was the other thing that was so cool about that uh, win streak as well, is that like, uh, you know, not only were they beating teams that, uh, you know, they were supposed to beat, but they were, you know, they were beating good teams. Like they had, they had the Memphis win, the Laker win, the Dallas win. Um, I know the Lakers were compromised at that point, but uh, I mean, that's the Lakers. Know, that's, yeah. Still the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. Still defending champs. Yeah. yeah. And that's what vaulted them. I mean, when that streak started, they were, t- I mean, if they lost that Memphis game, they were going to be three games under 500. Instead, they go from uh, two under to seven over. And then they, you know, even and then after, you know, the streak ends, they still play well enough down the stretch to, uh, to, uh, you know, finish 10 games over 500 and, you know, get, get the, uh, the four seed in the Eastern conference, which is just like nuts. Like I remember, uh, uh, you know, when we had you guys on in the middle of the season, uh, one thing we were talking about was, you know, at one point in the year, it was like, it was, you had all these teams like bunched together within like two games from like the fourth to like the 10th spots. And it was like, where are the Knicks going to end up here? Like, are they going to end up in the play in? Can they avoid the playing? Can they maybe get the six? And the fact that like they were the team, I mean, I guess them, 
you know, really them, Atlanta and Miami um, separating from the pack. But like the fact that they were the team to separate themselves from the pack and actually grab that four seed and be the team in that pack that uh, gets home court in the first round is just I still like can't believe that it actually happened. By the way, I'm really sorry that I cursed. It's it's Friday and I've had a week, so I'm having some fun. Don't worry. We're not used to recording on Friday night, but um, it's good. This this will be a good uh, some good uh, listening material uh, leading up to uh, the game on Sunday night. Beers um, are flowing. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just beer. There's nothing else. Um. All right. Uh. So uh, we, we all shared our memories from this great Knicks regular season. Uh, let's break down this uh, matchup against uh, the Atlanta Hawks. Um, so I, I want to throw the ball to Adam here. So I know you're you're usually the one that's best as far as like breaking down like player matchups. Like, are there any like player matchups here you want to uh, like? Do you want to look at some of their games throughout the season or look at some player matchups that are intriguing to you? Oh, sure, I'm ready to go. So I actually I'm really angry because um, I've had kind of like take on how I thought the series was going to go, but Bill Simmons has just been going on about it. So actually, sorry. I, I, did you actually listen to Bill Simmons today? Yes. This is the second time Bill has made the same. So I was planning on making this point on our podcast and he made it today. And that that's fine. People can think that I'm copying Bill Simmons, which, which I'm not. So um, I think, so I, I put into our outline, this idea of a crystal ball. And I think, if the Knicks win, the narrative is the same as if the Knicks lose. And either way, the narrative is Trey Young. I think this is the Trey Young series. And I think that if the Knicks end up winning, it's because Trey Young pulls a Kobe. So I think that what Tibbs is going to do is he's going to set everything up so that Trey Young just plays Kobe ball. So I don't think he's going to double him. I think they're just going to, and he, we've seen Tibbs do this before, right? He did this when he was the Celtics defensive coach and they were playing the Lakers. And Kobe shot themselves out of some like serious playoff games. And I think Trey has that in him, right? He's like, um, this is my first time in the playoffs. I'm going to try to win. And we've seen that the Hawks are not as good when he is the one just dominating the ball. They're much better when he is a willing passer, when Bogdanovich is much more involved in the game. So I think like if the Knicks win, it's because Trey just took the Hawks out of the series that he fed into the, the, the trap that Thibodeau is going to, um, lay for him and I think if the Knicks lose it's because Trey Young was became a willing passer and passed to Bogdanovich and they moved the ball um, and they somehow found a way to shut down Randall um, so I think I think it's going to be close I mean my guess is that the Knicks end up winning just because they dominated them in the regular season and for me like I think it comes down to can John Collins like slow down Julius Randall right like he's the only person on their team who's likely going to guard him I, I think Hunter's going to play I don't I don't know enough about Hunter's game to know if he can guard a guy like Julius Randle. So I looked up uh, Randle versus Collins in the regular season, and Randle just absolutely owned Collins. So Randle's plus minus against him was plus 51. He averaged a ridiculous, where is it? Um, in the three games, he scored 28. Yeah, sorry. Yes, 29 points per game, 10.8 rebounds, 4.2 assists, 54% shooting, 50, 45% three-point shooting. And John Collins is a good defensive player. Like, he's not like a crap player. Um, so if Randall's able to own him, the, the Hawks don't have anyone else really who guards well. Like, um, what's his name? Capel is a good defensive player, but he's never been good at coming out to the perimeter. Um, so like, I, I mean, Capel will hurt them, but he's not going to hurt them against Randall and they don't have any guys who guard on the perimeter. I mean, they had Rondo, um, they traded him for Lou Williams, definitely not going to help guard the perimeter guys. Like, I think, I think the Knicks are going to be able to play their game. Um, but like I said, I think the Hawks are probably a more talented team. The Hawks, if they can find a way to like, like limit Trey Young hurting them, I think, I think they'll end up winning, but I don't think that happens. I think Trey Young plays the Hawks out of the series. And I think they move on. That's, that's my take. And Bill had a very similar take. I was going to say it prior to hearing him, but whatever. Yeah. Um, my, uh, you say, you say Bill, like you guys go on ice coffee runs. <laughs> I don't. Bill's not an iced coffee drinker, Manny. Oh, I'm sorry. Iced tea. Okay. What does he drink? What, what's his What's his beverage? So, there's two people. There's three people who I wish I was friends with. Um. So yeah, Bill Simmons is one of them. Zach Lowe is like we're secretly best friends. Like he doesn't know it, but we are. And Ryan um, Rosillo. And then 
And no, no, no. I hate. I really don't like Brian Russell. <laughs> and then Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas. Of course, is way too cool for me. Well, you and Joe Douglas just have like picnics where you eat large amounts of meat. Large amounts. You, it's smoked. Smoked, smoked meat. meat. Um, <laughs> Is I'm a really nice Lance uh, checkered blanket. We have one of those wicker baskets, <laughs> and there's just so much smoked meat in it. I um, assume that um, Lance Kravitz is not invited to this picnic. Just that he's not. Out. Lance Kravitz doesn't believe in Joe Douglas, and when the Jets become great, he gets to enjoy none of the benefits. No meat for Lance. No <laughs> meat. So you for have him. it's a Lance at a picnic, is what it is. Okay. That joke. That's not a great Lance, joke. Lance. Oh, like Lance. Ants. Lance. Yeah, ants and Lance. All right. Mm. All right. I, I talked for a while. <laughs> right. Moving on. Going moving back on to the to series. Am I am I full of crap? Do you guys agree with my takes? Do you think you're going different directions? I I, I agree with uh, what you're saying, but I think um, I I think the Knicks will win this series as well, and I think the I'm not sure. I want to watch Game One. I think there's. I mean, I think the Hawks are a better team. I think the Knicks end up winning. I think Game coach. One says a lot, and I want to ask Adam this question. You know, Julius had such a good three games against them during the year. Do you think Nate McMillan will double Julius Randle in the playoffs? I'm not sure. I don't know who they would. I don't think that would. I, I mean, probably. they couldn't stop him. They couldn't stop him in those three games. I don't, yeah, think he, can, I don't think he's a guy like you meet at half court. I don't think he's a guy like you double on every possession. I mean, may, would mate strategically double him? We'll probably see that. But I mean, the, the Knicks. You know, they have more shooting now. I mean, they'll have more like lineup flexibility now that's the playoffs. I don't I don't know if that's a great strategy. Like that was Randall, one of my what's, keys. What's, right. And Randall's become one of the best playmakers in the league. That's what's changed him from like past Randall. Right. Like, I, I think I don't think you have any problem passing out of that. And then I guess it comes down to whether the other Knicks can hit an open shot, but right. I don't, I don't, I don't really think that's the series. A my my keys to the series were one, you know, if if Atlanta is going to double when Julius gets the ball in the post, it puts a lot of pressure on Alec Burks and Reggie Bullock and Emmanuel Quickly and Derrick Rose and all these I'd guys. I'd say mostly R.J. Barrett. I don't, yeah, I don't know Barrett how that's going to fall in the playoffs. I I I've I know he shot forty percent from three. I don't I don't necessarily believe that he's a forty percent shooter yet. I, yeah, I the trust the jury's to out. Playoff shots. We're going to learn a lot about R.J. Barrett from this series. That's my favorite. I, I, I think I think the the trend line is moving up, but I think like he changed his shot, right? And I, I just think when he's under pressure, it may be easy for him to fall back on bad habits. I don't think that's where he'll be in two years, but I I, I could see him regressing a lot in this series. I hope not, but right. I wouldn't be surprised, and it wouldn't yeah. make me think he's going to be a bad pro. I don't know what we'll learn about. We may learn about how like consistent his traits are move like in the short term right it's a tremendous amount of change um, well is he is he going to you know this is so you know he's gonna be on uh, the national spotlight pretty um, but he's been their most clutch player and like the statistics that's just the eye test like he is statistically a better shooter in the clutch than julius randall is um i guess rose is also extremely clutch like they're all three of them are very good taking shots in the last two minutes but barrett's been freaking lights out no, no, he has been. And I guess to my point, though, with Barrett, it's, you know, is he going to overcompensate? Is he going to press a little bit being on the national stage this consistently? This is his first time in the playoffs. And I don't want to say he's been an after. I mean, he's been the afterthought of that afterthought of that draft with obviously Zion and John Morant going one, two in that right before him. So, I mean, he's in the playoffs. They're not. So but what's going to happen? You know, what's the uh, what's the play here? So, well, John Morant might be in the playoffs. We don't know yet. That game's well, happening thing- right now. I would say that should scare Knicks fans. So it's easy to say the Knicks won three games. I don't think Bogdanovich played in those three games. I could be wrong. And DeAndre Hunter, like, definitely didn't play in all three. If those two guys are healthy, it's a very different, different series. Team. Um, yep. The Knicks would probably, I, I mean, I think the Knicks could still win, like, pull it out. But like I said, if Trey Young is passing the ball and not a ball hog and Hunter and Bogdanovich are healthy, it's a very good Atlanta team. Um, and so, I, I, I think, I mean, I think they like playing their best basketball would beat this Knicks team because they're more talented. They have a better roster than the Knicks do. So, so, uh, what, what I think, uh, I, I actually think the Knicks could not just win this series, but could win it quickly. Uh, no, no pun intended. Uh, just cause, you know, I look back and they beat them all three games. I know the third one was in overtime, but, uh, I thought my joke was bad. What, uh, <laughs> that's a better joke than the Lance Ants joke. <laughs> it was. 
But one one thing that uh you know stood out to me, especially like at the end of the season, like I don't know if you guys how much you picked up on this, but the so the Knicks finished the season with that back to back against Charlotte and Boston, and in both games they had big leads, let them back in. And one reason why I felt like that happened was I thought Randall looked like absolutely exhausted. Like they came off the the six game Western Conference road trip, and they come home, they finish the season with three games and four nights. Uh, almost like just, it's a bad idea to lead the league in minutes. Yeah. Almost. But you look, the Knicks, after their final game, they have six days off before this series starts. Then after the first game, they get another two days off. You don't have any more back-to-backs in the playoffs. They have a couple stretches in this series where they get two nights off in between games. Uh, and I just think, you know, if, if you're in a situation where now – Randall can play all those minutes and get sufficient rest after all these games. That's kind of a scary proposition. I mean, one thing I want to point to. So the final game these two teams played this year, that was the game the Knicks won 137-127 in overtime. That night, Julius Randall played 41 minutes, scored 40 points, had 11 boards and six assists. And he did that on the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, like, I just played like really well against Atlanta. Yeah, like if he's doing, if he's... Do putting up those kind of numbers against Atlanta when he's tired. I feel like, you know, what what is this guy gonna do with fresh legs? And well, that's uh, Tom's point. Could Nate McMillan yeah. just be like, we're just gonna take this guy out? We're gonna treat him like Steph Curry. We're gonna meet him at half court and make him like pass the ball out, and yeah. then make the rest of their. I mean, in that situation, you just move Derek Rose to the starting lineup as your secondary ball handler, who becomes your primary ball handler. Yeah, and they have no perimeter defense. Like they, there's just no one on this Hawks team who can guard the perimeter. Right? Am I wrong? I mean, I'm looking at their roster. I mean, I, their best perimeter defender may have been um, Rajon Rondo, who they traded for Lou Williams, which is one of the strangest trades I I remember in my lifetime. Um, which is why like guys like Burks and Bullock are going to be so important in the series. They're going to be huge. Yeah. Uh, one one uh, final thing I wanted to uh, mention this was to Tom's point about Game One being so critical. Like I feel like if Atlanta wins Game One the Knicks could absolutely still come back and win the series. Um, it'll probably be a very long series, but I feel like if it goes the other way, if the Knicks can take game one, I could see this being a quick series because now all of a sudden you're Atlanta, you're in a situation where now you've lost all four games to the Knicks. Now, then you have three days from game one. Game two is not until Wednesday night next week. Like a three days of hearing, you know, the media say Atlanta can't beat the Knicks. Atlanta can't beat the Knicks. And I, I just wonder with a young team, like, will doubt start creeping in? So, yeah, Tom, I think game one, like I said, I I think it's more important for Atlanta because I do think the Knicks can definitely come back if they lose game one. I'm not sure if Atlanta can come back on the Knicks if they lose game one. There's also been a fair amount of, you know, hot takes that the Hawks are going to come in here and beat the Knicks. So the Knicks have heard that for a whole week, too. So you just hope that they use that as motivation and just plow forward. Yeah, but you also got to worry about Russ. You know they've been off for a week, haven't played. They've been in sync for a while. I mean, hopefully this uh, there's no rust that shows in Game One, but we'll see. Let's not forget Games One and Two will be at the Garden, so advantage Knicks. Yeah, when was the last time he said that sentence? <laughs> eight, eight years ago. Eight, eight long years <laughs> eight, ago. Eight, over eight years ago. Um. So. Uh, so unless uh, there's any more like specific matchup things you guys want to bring up, uh, I, I, I wanted to uh, ask like some of the uh, rotation questions, including the one big one that uh, has kind of, you know, been in the news all week. And that's the big Alfred Payton question. Uh, I don't I don't think there's like the, the Knicks play 11 guys, which is a lot for a playoff rotation. Usually it's playoff a, lot rotations, for a lot for a tips team. Yeah. Usually playoff ro- you shorten your rotations to like, eight or nine in the playoffs. Alfred Payton, I mean, I know he doesn't play a ton of minutes, but he does start. And at least in my opinion, he's the worst of the 11 guys in the rotation. Like even like Frankie Smokes at least has a role when they use him. Uh, like, like, do you think because they've still won doing this, they should continue with Payton or, or it's time to just like relegate him to the bench? And when I say bench, like to not playing. Well, it was a news story. They're apparently thinking about starting Frankie Smokes. Can we not I, call him Frankie Smokes? Yeah, who calls him that? He's not good enough to warrant a nickname. <laughs> have a nickname. Yeah, I don't know. I, his name sounds. Yeah, like who Nick calls him Frankie Smokes? That's my the question. Ringer. I heard all I the heard Ringer the fr- podcasts. I heard the That's French so Prince. 
when when he came up because he was French. But... I'm gonna keep calling him Frankie Spokes. <laughs> He's not good enough I for actually, a nickname. You know what though? If Rose, because I, I mean, obviously a lot of people would say you know Rose should be starting. He's like the best guy, but because of how good that second unit is, like. If if you don't want to start uh, Derek Rose, I don't. It's not outrageous to start uh, Frankie Smoke. Fr- sorry, Frankie Nilakina. I think they might do that. I mean, so the idea behind that would be, we just want someone to go one on one against Trey, right? Like we're gonna try to. We're not gonna double him. or maybe sag off him a little bit. We want someone who's gonna like make him think that he should take every shot. And Frankie's a, a defense, good defensive player. Yeah. He does. Um, something like well, I'm going is... up against the, you know, a guy who should be out of the league after the year, I'm just going to own him. Um, and then you're kind of sucking him into, you know, losing the series for you. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised. I think why would he pull Peyton? Has, has Tibbs given any indication that he would pull Peyton? I, he, for whatever no. reason, he likes Alfred Peyton. I think it's the rotation question. Yeah. yeah, it's like they play 11 guys. So usually your playoff rotation is like eight guys with like the small role ninth. And Obi Toppin like perfectly fits the role as like the number nine guy because if Randall's playing like 40, 41 minutes a night, then Toppin four, spells man. the other seven to eight minutes and he's been playing much better lately. So it's like, if it's not Toppin, then like what two guys are you taking out of the road? Like teams don't play 11 guys in the playoffs. So what two guys... Are you taking out? I mean, Peyton seems like the most logical. I I think Franklin Lakina is a defensive specialist, and you put him in situationally at the end of the half, at the end of the at the end of regulation when you need a big stop. He he's not going to amount more than four or five minutes of playing time. Obi Toppin, right now he's like an emergency big in the playoffs. Okay, he's not really providing that much of a spark off the bench. So if Nerlens Noel gets in foul trouble or Taj Gibson gets in foul trouble. You're going to see a little bit more of Obi Toppin, but you know, he's not in the, the ideal plan of a rotation. I can see him, you know, if we go out game one and we have a great game and, you know, win by 15, you know, Obi Toppin has a, you know, a DNP. Like that's that, I don't think that's out of the realm of uh, possibility. And I think, you know, Frank Neil Keenan gets a couple of minutes when they need big stops. I, I wonder if all these guys play, but they really hit eight guys heavy, right? Like, so maybe it's a night where if Bullock doesn't have it, you play Burks like extra minutes, you know, but maybe Toppin comes in for a couple minutes to spell Randall. Maybe it's like a Gibson heavy night. Like, I, I don't, I don't see any of these guys not playing at all, right? Like, so like if Peyton sucks, you just play Rose the whole game. Right, right. Bullock sucks. Just play Burks the whole game. Right. We've seen him relegate Barrett to the bench. Right. If Barrett doesn't have it, they'll bring in Burks. Right. Like I just, I don't, I don't know if any of these guys are going to be chastised to the bench. I, I wonder if it'll be more situational. Like we know Randall's going to play heavy minutes. We know Nerlens is going to play heavy minutes, and we probably know we know Rose is going to play heavy minutes. And the only other guy who I would say I know is going to play heavy minutes is Tosh Gibson. As strange as that sounds. Um, but the rest of them, I think will kind of just vary on how they're playing in that night. Well, Taj Gibson guy with a lot of playoff experience. He, I mean, he plays so much and honestly, he's been pretty effective for them. Yeah. He, he, yeah. He's been really good for them. Remember he didn't start the year with the Knicks. You know, he, he, he wasn't even on the opening day roster. Him and Rose came in Tibbs's guys. Big addition. That Rose trade is what made this season. You don't have to litigate that now, but I mean, that was the turning point. Um. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as far you know, the one one guy we didn't really talk about here with the rotation. I mean, obviously we know he's going to play, but uh, any any like big you know do like what do we think Emmanuel quickly? I mean, he of the two rookies, I mean he's the one that's clearly going to play a big role. Um, like or I should say, do we think he's going to play a big role or? You know, because we've seen stretches this year where quickly, you know, he's playing 30 minutes a night and we're seeing stretch, you know, we've seen games where he plays eight minutes a night. Uh, you know, do you think it's one of those extremes or, you know, he's just sort of falls somewhere in the middle? I think it's in the middle with quickly. I just, you know, that's kind of where I see it going with him. He's heat check, right? Like yeah, if he's, if he's hot, they just play him the Ra- whole game. Like what we call it the irrational confidence. Well, well, I don't, he's always irrationally confident, but I think we've seen him brought in the third quarter, be hot and literally play till the end of the fourth quarter. 
And we've situations in situations where he's just not played at all in the fourth quarter. Like I think Tibbs just like takes his temperature, right? And if he's hot, he just plays. Rides it, yeah. I think Tibbs has a short leash with him. Mm-hmm. If he's making smart basketball plays, then you know he's going to get more minutes. But you know he's a 19 year old rookie. That's not really like who plays uh, kind of wild, right? He's kind of wild, and that's really not Tibbs' style, especially in the playoffs. I would imagine so. You know, if he goes out there and, and does his job, then he's going to get more minutes. But if he's a little reckless and, you know, taking, you know, threes that he shouldn't be, Tibbs is going to take him out. I think we see a lot of Alec Burks this series. Right? I like, agree. I think I, yeah. – is he health? Is he fully healthy now? Like, I think so. Tibbs yeah, he's good I mean, everyone should be healthy. I was trying to off. find the injury report for this game. I couldn't find yeah. it, though. Well, it's true if you think about it. I mean, we kind of said like the three guys who, uh, even though Peyton starts, he doesn't play a ton. Like Peyton, Nilakina, Toppin all kind of have specialized roles where they're not going to play a lot of minutes. You look at the other eight guys, you got to figure, uh, you know, uh, Randall, Barrett, uh, Taj, Noel, uh, Burks, um, Bulk, and uh, Rose, I think I said someone in there twice, but though I mean, though I guess those are going to be the seven guys, and he'll lean on quickly a lot as his eighth guy on nights when he has it. But the I only mean, thing I'll say is that we've seen games where Barrett doesn't play in the fourth quarter, right? Like, I think if yeah. there's a night where Barrett looks like crap, Tibbs will just literally sit him and play Bullock and Burks instead. Yeah, especially like, Burks. I, I, I mean, Burks has had so play, many huge games lately. Right, I expect Barrett to play like 36, 38 minutes, but if there's a game where he plays 24, am I going to be surprised? Not based on what I've seen this season. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it, <laughs> it's just so nice to be actually able to like, after all these years, it's not just like, like we haven't once uh, talked about like, well, what's going to happen in the off season. It's all about like actually just breaking down a playoff series. You know, it's like, funny though. That's the only thing I'm thinking about lately. I mean, <laughs> no, what's wrong with you? How could you, how could you not? We don't want to, we, we're not there yet. I want to see them beat Atlanta and let's, let's, you know, and have some fun. Against I want to the see Sixers. them beat Atlanta too. And I want to see them, you know, push someone else in the next round. But yes. for me, it's all like, was this worth it? I, I guess oh. it was worth it. Oh, do that. hey, come on. Do that. Good grief. Yes. We need someone to say it, right? Like, oh, no. this, this draft is, is loaded. They really I... need another stud. Like they're probably <sighs> number one, like to go get the next star who becomes available. Right, because they're gonna want to come to the next. That's, that's how you the win. The Knicks have the a NBA ton of trade ammo, right? Mm-hmm. So, but we just don't know who that is. Um, no, we've said it before, but I, it needs. Sorry, it needs to be asked again. And I'm, I'm going. I don't want to entertain uh, the uh, the next year thought that, that we could save those for another. Sorry, Adam. We could save I have those a lot for of another next year's thoughts. <laughs> we've been a next let's, year team for eight years, and look where that's gotten us. Yeah, let, let's right. see, let's. It's my like, question. My I don't question want to is, be the Utah Jazz. I want to be the LA Lakers or the Denver Nuggets, right? Like, I want to be a team who competes every year. Like, no one thinks Utah's going to win the title. You, wow. wow. I think they wow. top Throwing out shade year. on the Jazz. Shots so, fired. Yeah, the Jazz are going to lose in the second round this year. Phoenix is going to lose in the first round. Poor Phoenix. Cares. Right, you don't yeah, want to be that team. Who cares? You'd rather be. <laughs> wait, wait, sorry. Speaking be... of, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll ask this one question to everyone, and it's something Simmons brought up on the pod today. Because Phoenix, despite being the two seed, uh, ends up drawing the Lakers in round one. If the Lakers end up beating the Suns in like five games, uh, and Chris Paul is like, "Yeah, we're not good enough." Uh, like, should Nick fans be rooting for that so Chris Paul signs with the Knicks this offseason? Yes. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> That'd be crazy not to. Why like wouldn't Chris we root Paul. for Chris Paul to come to the Knicks? Uh, uh, oh. It's just so annoying rooting for the Lakers. What are you going to spend your money on? Like, it doesn't stop you from trading for anybody. You have more cap room than anyone heading into the two worst free agencies I remember. You're, it's better than, like, not. Uh, I just don't like it. Yeah. All right. It just rubs me Tom, the wrong way. T- Tom, take it away. Take it All away, right, Tom. Well, uh, I, I don't have the words. It rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, it's just, ugh, it it's just... What, is, what does it rub you the wrong way about? He's, he's, he's getting one of the best up there. And in NBA I feel history. like it's only a matter of time until he doesn't have it. And like, we didn't even think he was going to have it in Phoenix. And now he does. And that's great for them. But like, uh, I just don't want that like aura of Chris Paul as like, oh, Chris Paul's last stop was New York. And that's where he lost it. I mean, he will lose it. I mean, he will lose it on his next team. 
but that right exactly that's what i, I, I don't, <laughs> don't want to be that I team i don't i don't, I don't think i don't think chris paul losing it is like he's worse than frank nidalakina right like you like you, you have the you, you're the slowest pace of pay yeah but he's 40 million dollars a year like have horrible turnover percentage like you just you need to upgrade your guard position he would be an upgrade go tell me who else they're going to bring in in free agency I don't. I, I definitely don't those, have those, that answer because I haven't those thought about this. Those players don't exist. Mm-hmm. Like you're better off getting Chris Paul. Like let's ask a more fun. Let's ask a more fun please. question. <laughs> so please. one thing that was uh one thing that uh was made a lot of fun of this week. The Knicks uh sold out their playoff games in under 20 minutes, and uh, Brooklyn had to send uh, James Harden and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving onto social media begging. New Yorkers to buy Brooklyn Nets playoff tickets. Uh, I mean, obviously Harden got traded to Brooklyn, but uh, for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, do they regret signing with the Nets when they could have signed with the Knicks? Remains to be seen. I would imagine Kevin Durant does. My guess is Kyrie Irving is too weird for any of us to try to guess what's going on in his head. I don't think any of us should try to do that. That's a scary exercise. But for Durant, like he wants, he wants to be loved. And if you guys listen to it, that's all he wants, right? And he would be the most loved person in the world if he was in the next. And he's just not, right? Like people don't care about the Nets. So not I imagine he knows he made a mistake. Um, Kyrie Irving, I, well, I don't know what Kyrie wants. How like, mad do you? I, <laughs> he's, Kyrie is more worried about international affairs than his job. It's like, yeah, I worry about, I heard about international that was, affairs too, but I worry about my job more. So that was a really strange thing to say. Yeah, but for, just a guy planetary... for a guy who's literally like thrown himself out of every city he's played in thus far, like I don't buy that international affairs BS with him. Wait, do planetary but, affairs count as international affairs? Are we worry about, about the shape of the planet? I have a lot well, one space force is uh, is up and running. Absolutely, Justin. We're international. <laughs> I'm so glad we didn't get either of them. I know that's yeah. the wrong thing to say. Kevin Durant but... is like one of the top 12 players in NBA history. I would love of to. Of course he him. is, but I don't know. It was a, I think it was a package deal from the start, and I'd rather have – how do I say this the right way? I'd rather have no Kevin Durant and no Kyrie Irving than having Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. That's Only We have the, the lovable band of misfits. make an all-NBA team. Kyrie Irving is going to make an all-NBA team this year. Uh, one of the few players in NBA history to be in the 50, 40, 90 club. Um, they are, they are two of the most locker room, like he always does. They're two of the most unlikable players in the NBA. You guys not fair to you, say you, you're gonna you're gonna, gonna agree to this if the Nets win the title, which they're probably favorite. They are, I mean, they're the Vegas favorite. Oh, I'll absolutely, title. I'll absolutely agree to it. They're two of the okay. most unlikable players in the NBA. Title is a title, titles are forever. Dealing with Kyrie Irving. I I also feel like when you just trade, and that's why I have a problem with the NBA right now, you just trade for a title. Like, did the Lakers win the title last year or did LeBron James and Anthony Davis win the title? The Lakers, I mean, the Lakers won a title last year. They get but there to, was, their there, fans got no, to enjoy There's that. no history. There's no, his, there's no development. The there. There's the no same. history. All they did was just bring guys in and the players won the title. And nothing to do with their team or their culture or anything Randall, or their development brought, or their draft. Julius picks. Randall, they they brought him in, right? Like he's. You're I mean, I don't me think like, this team's ever going to win a title, but I mean, he still was a sign-in for agency. He's not homegrown. No, he's not homegrown. But there there was a process, and it didn't just happen overnight. The Lakers became title deten- contenders overnight, and they won. I would the say title. the Knicks got better overnight. I mean, they worked hard this season, but I would say it was the tip signing. Right. And I mean, yeah, the tip sign RJ Barrett went out and hired Chip England and Julius Randall went out and worked his butt off. I mean, it, it really was one off season when this all happened. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a reason I, I mean, I'm playing the, the devil's advocate. There's a reason that more people like the Knicks than the Nets. And I don't think it's just the fact that the Knicks have, you know, more of a history. I think it's also that Kyrie Irving's not particularly likable. James Harden's not particularly likable. Um, I don't think really people really care about the three of them, which is interesting. James Harden is in, incredibly unlikable. I cannot stand all him. three of them are so unlikable. I love the Nets when but it was you Spencer throw James Kingwitty Harden into that whole thing. It's just that whole oh, crew. James Harden, and they just sold that whole crew. Karis Levert and Spencer didn't. Well, Spencer didn't, didn't when he got hurt, but um, uh, uh, 
Jared Allen. Like that whole yeah, was, team was so likable. That was such a likable team that, and they developed them and they, you know, they were making strides and then they just dumped it all for James Harden. And it, well, it they're a lot so better like, though, discouraging right? They're, your job as a general manager is to win basketball games and they've made their team a much better team by making those moves. Right? I mean, that they did, those are the right things to do. Like you should yeah, be but worse. If they don't win likable. a championship in the next two years, it's going to be the worst move ever. I don't agree with that. I mean, if you listen to they have a two-year uh, window, they have to win a, a championship. I don't think it's a two-year window. Those guys are going to play for, I think, longer than that. But all, you I mean, your job as a general Brooklyn? manager is to increase the likelihood of championship odds as much as you can, right? Like, um, so Houston didn't win the title, but you know, Houston did the right thing the last five years. They gave themselves the best chance every year to win the title, right? Like they at one point, like they almost beat the Warriors. Their title odds. Um, I think we're up to like 40%. And that's all you can do is just make that math as, as much in your favor as you can. Right. And they, they did that. Like the Nets did everything they can to win a title. They might not work out. It's really hard to win the title in the NBA, um, but they have a much higher chance of winning the title now than they did with Karis Levert and Jared Allen. They have three Stop. of the top 10 players in the NBA. I mean, they've been very well managed and run. Well, they should be the favorites. They are. I mean, they are the favorites. Right. If you go to Vegas right now. I mean, if it, if they were all healthy, they would. I think they would just run away with the title. I mean, um, I think. I, think it, I mean, if you could guarantee all three guys would be healthy throughout the whole, they would playoffs. run they away would, with the title this but year. But there's so many. But that's so far from a guarantee. Like, right. With yeah. So I mean, I mean, honestly, Kyrie is probably your best bet to stay healthy. But he's crazy and could just like disappear at any moment <laughs> or go aloof. I don't think he's going to do that in the playoffs. I mean, he's gotten hurt in the playoffs multiple times. The playoffs, but guys... it, it could happen next year. I mean, I, listen, I mental health is is what it is. It you know, it's a terrible thing, and it's not talked about enough. But yeah, I mean, Kyrie Irving, you just never know with him. He's just, he's such a wild card. And to counter your uh, what your statement, Adam, while I don't know that he will physically disappear in the uh, playoffs, let's not forget that just two years ago. He basically disappeared for Boston in that Milwaukee series. Like he was just a, uh, you know, a complete waste. I would, I would argue that that was a, a different situation. Okay, but it's still the I'm same guy. I'm not justifying. I'm saying it's still the same guy, and it happened. And well, we saw LeBron do the same thing, where LeBron's like, oh, "I'm, I'm leaving the Cavs. I'm going to kind of mail it in this, in this series right now." I mean, it, it, I'm not justifying it. I just, I can't imagine Kyrie Irving on this team being like, "I'm no longer going to try to win." I think we'll see Pete Kyrie in the playoffs as long Can as we have there. someone uh, fact check Kyrie Irving's immediate family's birthdays. Because <laughs> that might play a big role in how they do in the playoffs. Hopefully, I think not. a lot of people are going to eat crap. I don't know. Are there, any flat the earth, are there any flat earth conventions uh, coming up between now? It and was July? his sister's birthday. How dare you? Here's a good, here's a fun question. Right. It's just a yes or no question. We can get through it real quick. Which team is more unlikable? The 2010-2011 Heat or the current Brooklyn Nets? Oh, the 2011 Heat. Okay. No, not even close. I like mind. both teams an awful lot. But oh, Jesus. For me, it's the 2011 Heat. That's I, would have, I would have to say the Heat, but it might be because I'm – it, it might not be that close just because Brooklyn is, is so close and we have to hear about them every day. Yeah, that's fair. All right, let's get let's finish this pod talking about the Knicks. Uh, final predictions for the series. Uh, who wants to start? I honestly don't want to make a prediction. I just I think I just need to see more. Like my guess is the Knicks probably win at six. But, I mean, there's a chance that the Hawks win in five. I just want to see the first game. Like I said, this Hawks team is very different than the Hawks team the Knicks played and beat three times. It's a good matchup. It's the best possible matchup. I heard someone else say this. Like, both of these teams are just so happy that they got each other. But, like, if you look on the either sides of the bracket, like, oh, I don't want Miami. I don't want Milwaukee. I don't I don't want the Nets. Right? I don't want, I don't want yeah. Philly. Like, they all – like, both these teams are just, you know, thrilled that that's their matchup. But – I kind of, I kind of yep. want to see, but my guess is Nixon six. I'm going to say Nixon five. I think, uh, I think they take game one. There becomes a lot of doubt in Atlanta, Atlanta, Trey young will have his big one of the either game three or game four. He has a big game and, uh, uh, you know, and they lose that game. I think they points. lose his big games. That's my guess. 
then maybe Knicks sweep. No, but I won't say a sweep because it's the Knicks. Um, I think Atlanta takes one of the home games, but I think the Knicks, this is a great matchup for the Knicks. Um, and I, I think they're, you know, they're just really well. I just think there's a good, I think there's a legitimately good team and I think they are going to win this in five games. I really do. Um, I will agree with Adam. I'll say Knicks in six. Um, I do agree with what Justin said before. I think there's a bigger probability of it being a short series on the Knicks side. So, um, you know, saying Knicks in six is kind of like a, like a safe, safe statement. Um, one thing that I, that I did want to bring up and kind of, you know, just be weary of is that I think with Trey young, obviously, uh, Adam, you said that, you know, if he's trying to like shoot the lights out and, you know, make it the Trey young show, the guy gets to the line a lot. So I feel like the Knicks are going to have to be really disciplined. If the Knicks can keep his free throw attempts under 10, which I know is generous, but keep his free throw attempts under 10 per game. I think that's the thing the Knicks win the series in five or six. Well, just for the sake of being different, I'm going to go Knicks in a sweep. Oh, nice. calling it now. Calling it now. I feel it. I feel good about shades this of uh, shades of 99 when the Knicks uh, swept Atlanta in the second round. Oh, yes. Shortened season. Yeah, it, it could happen. Well, look, you know what? I think we just got to also, we'd be remiss if we just take a second and just really just appreciate where the Knicks are. Who saw this coming? All of us were talking about when that playing tournament Nobody. first That's got That's not announced. true. There was one person who saw this coming, and his name is Tom Thibodeau, because he believed that this team was going to win the title, because Tibbs always nice believes comeback. his team's wow. going to win the title, right? But if you remember when they, they told first... him to tank, and he's like, no, I'm going to make the playoffs. Waxing poetic. Tom Technically, when they... they... Technically, they have just as good a chance to win the title as any of the other 15 playoff teams from a pure mathematical standpoint. Technically, yes. But <laughs> what's crazy is that when they first announced this play-in tournament, all of us were, you know, this is great. It'll be exciting for the NBA. It's really going to be great. But, oh, but also, it gives the Knicks a chance to have meaningful basketball. Even if, even if it was just going to be one do-or-die game, we would have been okay with that. That would, have, that would have shown growth. We were all rooting for growth and progression, but we got much more than that. And now they're, I'd say, favored to win the series, to win our first uh, round series. I don't know and what the Vegas odds. Um, all the ESPN people were taking. Actually, I think the Hawks. I saw, even though Nate McMillan got all upset about it. Let's look at the Vegas line. Yeah, I saw fifty-three percent was uh, next prop next of winning this this uh, game. So this series, psychological so. warfare from Nate McMillan. I think he, I mean, I tweeted about this. No one liked it. I'm not good at Twitter, but it seemed like he was trying to soften the blow because he knew he was going to lose. I mean, I'm, I'm very excited to watch the game on. Like, my whole weekend is leading up to this game on Sunday night. I'm just so pumped to watch it. Justin, it reminds me of that, um, that time in the city when the Knicks played the Celtics. I think it was on a Saturday afternoon. And you're like, yeah, come over. We can all pregame. And I got to your apartment, and I saw you kind of pacing in front of your apartment in your running, in your running outfit still. And I was just like, oh, yeah, this can't be good. <laughs> you were locked out of your apartment for like a half hour. Both teams have even chances. Ride. So Vegas has given both teams like a 52-point-something chance to win. It's like completely a push. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, Sweep. Uh, <laughs> let's do it. I, I love that we're all picking the Knicks. Um, we should be homers uh, because this is a, uh, you know, this is a Knicks fan podcast. Uh, and, yeah, let's um, – and they could absolutely win this series. Um, I had a lot of fun. Uh, I can't wait for Sunday night to, for this to actually come. Uh, I feel like it's going to take an eternity because it's like the second to last uh, series that's going to tip off this uh, really, weekend. It's really annoying. But, uh, uh, you know, Justin, before well, the you thing is, so off, we all though. have fathers of small children. I don't know about you. I, at the, I actually am very happy, though, with the Sunday 7 o'clock. It's like I get Me to too. put the kid to bed and then just like enjoy the game. But it's still over by like 10 o'clock. Yeah, we have a it's birthday a party. Time. We have a yeah. one-year-old birthday party on Sunday. So, um, yeah. But those those tends there. to be not so much fun. Those are rough. Not, um, yeah, they're rough. But happy birthday, Brielle. Yeah. And congrats, um, Tom. I, I'm glad you're having a shout-out. Wait, Tom, th- thank you so much for coming on. So, Tom, hey. uh, you, you, I mean, your, your daughter is, uh, like, what, a week and a half, two weeks? She's 11 days old. 11 days old, yeah. and you still made it on the pod uh, today. Nice so, job. bravo. Don't Bye. thank me. T- thank my amazing wife. She's doing all the work. So. Snaps for Lauren. <laughs> snaps for snaps, Lauren. Snaps. 
I do have a question just before we sign off. The narrative, I think we want to talk about this. The narrative, if the Knicks lose this series, what's the narrative? Are we Trey Young got a ton of calls and no, but yes, going, I, I mean going forward, are we optimistic? Are we you know, what's our feeling if they do lose? We're playing with house money right now. I feel there like we're go. we're That's gonna be exactly good it. either way. And I don't want to be like soft about this because obviously I want them to win, but this this season has been a success. I don't think house money is necessarily, or using the term house money is soft. I just think it's realistic. It's that's exactly that's exactly what it is. Well, for me, it'll it's, just come down to whether they can pry Chris Paul away from Phoenix, whether I feel good or good or God. bad about the season. You had to do it, right? I had to do it. All right, uh, <laughs> check this guy. All right, everyone. I would Tom. be even happier with Kyle Lowry. I will say that he's going to Philly. They, I don't think they could sign him. They don't have enough money. He, yeah, they, it doesn't. I mean, have to be a sign trade. I don't think. I mean, I guess cash. Toronto would try to help with that. But um, the Knicks can line knows, the pockets maybe. of both Chris Paul or Kyle or both, um, which is why I think they probably land one of them. <laughs> what? Do it. He had to. Maybe maybe uh, Kyle Lowry go just decides. You know what? If when uh, the Knicks play the Sixers in round two, uh, I'm knocking on wood. Uh, I'm just going to end up going to whichever team uh, ends up winning. And who knows? Who knows? Philly has uh, underperformed in the playoffs before. Embiid maybe can get hurt or get tired, which happens. Yeah, that's the that's. Let's get there first. We, we can, can all talk come about back, that on the second round weeks. pod. Yes, exactly. <laughs> two weeks we'll talk about that. All right. I had a blast, guys. Tom, Meany, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, guys. Uh, great. First, thank you. If you don't already follow us. us on Twitter and Instagram, follow us at born in 87 pod. Uh, shoot us an email born in 87 pod at gmail.com. Uh, thanks. And uh, let's go Knicks. Enjoy the game Sunday night.